Hey, good morning. We are so, so glad that you're here. My name's Dan. I'm the Connections Minister here, and uh, I'm usually only up here for about three minutes, four minutes, five minutes at a time. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to be able to share a little bit more with you today, this moment. I want to do a little bit of um, teaching just right out of the gate. Today is an important day. We're going to look at a, some forms. We're going to look at some ways that we can serve and have some organization, which is a good thing. I am naturally wired to hear the word organization and just break out in a little bit of a sweat. I, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm getting locked into something, like I need more flexibility. I can't fly by the seat of my pants, you know, with, with organization. So, so I'm naturally wired to where, but this is a good thing. I am so thankful for the system that when I moved here, Four years ago, yesterday, actually, we were, we were traveling here from Texas um, to, to come be on staff here. Uh, I'm so thankful for, for the system and the way things are set up, and it allows for so much. But I want to be very clear about something right out of the gate. We will not do enough. You will not do enough ever to finally deserve the grace that you're given. You just won't. And if you're struggling with that or wrestling with that, if you feel like I just haven't done enough, I want to be the first to just in, in love and in truth say, you're right, you haven't done enough and you never will. But Jesus Christ, because of his love for you and me, has done something we could never do. He has given us a seat at the Father's table. And we don't serve to earn that. We serve because of that. And I want you to know that. That's a truth here at the Landmark family. We serve because of that love, a risen Savior, and his love that he would die, that he would resurrect, and that he would connect us to his Father, our Father. That's a big deal. So I just want to just make that clear right out of the gate. Now, now that I talked about that, I'm going to challenge you all to do some stuff, okay? We, we, We need to work. We need to lift up the name of Jesus by loving people. And uh, let's do some true or false, okay? I I feel good about you guys, those who are online, those who are in person. I feel good about this true or false. You're better off alone. What do you guys think? Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, but let's pause there for just a second. But aren't you tempted sometimes to think I could do this better by myself? And anybody who didn't just say yes you are a liar, okay? Because we're all tempted to think, I'm just going to do this my way. And, it'll be, and you know what? Sometimes that pans out okay. Sometimes it absolutely bites you in the worst way because you try to do it alone. You try to go at it alone. Okay, so there's a temptation there, but yes, I agree, false. Okay, next. Life will be easier alone. Like, people are the worst, you know that, I know that we are people, we're selfish, we do things to, to try to accomplish our, our own goals and objectives, and we think our, our way's the best way. So, so there's this, at first glance, at first thought, there's this temptation to just feel like, you know what, it'll just, it'll just be easier. And you, and you know, sometimes there's this voice that creeps in that says, I should be alone because people are better off without me. Let, me. let me pause right there and say that is a lie. That is trash, that is garbage, that is evil from our enemy to make you feel like people are better off without you. That is, that is never spoken from our Holy Spirit. That is a direct attack from our enemy, and we need each other to fight that because it is a very real temptation. Let's, let's go to the next statement. 
you'll go farther alone. At first glance, at first thought, you know, people slow us down. We, we slow each other down. Right? It's not easy. It's not the easiest, most practical thing to serve together, to work together. Okay? So, I, and before we go to the next slide, I just want to let you know, I was thinking, who could help me make this point? Who, who's maybe like a world-renowned philosopher who's a great theologian to really confirm these statements for us. And, and after much thought and deliberation, this is who I came up with. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Some of you are like, who's that guy? Well, let me give you a little backstory. Let me give you his bio. His name's Dwight Schrute. Uh, he is a, a paper salesman for Dunder Mifflin. Their motto is limitless paper in an increasingly paperless world. You'll, some of you will figure that out later. But he is uh, not only a paper salesman, but he is the owner-operator of Schrute Beet Farm. So he's, he has quite a diversified portfolio of business interests. Um, he is someone that loves to do things his way. Um, whether he is technically the assistant to the regional manager or assistant regional manager, that's still being sorted out. But Dwight Schrute is a fictional character, if, if all of you haven't, haven't caught on to that, in a TV show called The Office. These statements are blatantly false, and Dwight is just bringing that home for us. Let me, let me tell you what we're really talking about together. Let's put the next slide up. We're really talking about alone versus together. We're really talking about, wouldn't it at some times just be easier? Wouldn't, wouldn't maybe you go farther? And, and maybe you will go quicker. Maybe you will get somewhere quicker alone, but you will go farther together. And when we talk about together, let's, let's continue our true-false, Okay. First, y'all help me out with this. Working with human beings will annoy you. Let, uh, yeah, uh, wow, okay. Guys, calm down, okay? I mean, I, didn't, I was going to give you a second there, but y'all are ready for that one, okay? Yes, but let me add a caveat. You know how people annoy you? You do that to other people. Oh, I, right, never. Not me. Yes, Sorry. If you have the insight and awareness to know that, it actually is a good thing in life, okay? Because then when you annoy them, you know you're annoying them, and it just makes it even more fun. I'm just kidding. That's, that's, not, that's not good. We will bother each other. Guys, we're different. Let's put the next one up so I can elaborate on that thought. You will have different ideas about how to accomplish the goal. That is so true. You know who made you different? Jesus. Our Heavenly Father. The Word was in the beginning. And He made you. Your skin color, your eyes, your hair, your story, what you've learned, how you can help others. There's no one in this room. There's no one worshiping in the live stream with us. There's no one anywhere who is not made in the image of our Heavenly Father. Do you believe that? Like, that's good news, guys. That's a big deal because guess what? When you get frustrated by someone or you frustrate someone, God is actually the hero of those differences. He doesn't stop being the hero of the story. He gave you unique ways. You're wired a certain way. Like I said earlier, I'm wired. I start hearing about organization and I start trying to go to a happy place. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to kind of panic a little bit. I need, I need some leeway. I need some flexibility because things don't always go, go as planned. So I, I need an escape, escape route. We're wired different. We have different ways of getting from point A to point B. Let's put the next statement up. Here's the kicker. You will have someone, together, 
verses alone, together, you will have someone to celebrate wins with and mourn losses. This is, this is everything. This is why, why community. You wonder why together? Here it is. It's not if, it's when this life is going to kick you. And then when you're down, this life is going to kick you again. That's the type of enemy we're up against. But being together, it means everything. So to, to make this point a little bit more, let's talk about some dynamic duos, okay? Let's put up that first picture. There's probably going to be a little debate about this, but I feel like this is the greatest, most dynamic duo there's ever been in basketball. Some people, especially in first service, man, they really were bothered by this. But there is a purple and gold team out on the West Coast. I'm not even going to say their name. And there is a dynamic duo that existed that played and won like some championships. But they couldn't get along and they broke up, so they couldn't win anymore. And I'm preaching today, so I get to just decide. Whoever I want to put up there, I mean, that's, that's what, there you go, thank you. That's what I said first service. I, I got booed because I put this up instead of that purple and team, purple and gold team duo from the West Coast. Uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, if you're not a basketball fan, just, just unreal what, what that duo was able to do. Obviously had other key players, but, but that name is just synonymous with, with being a duo and winning a championship team. Let's put this next dynamic duo up, okay? Hey, hey yeah, hang in there with me. If you didn't, if Dwight Schrute did not resonate with you, you may be struggling for this one, but when I tell you how dynamic this duo is, I think you're going to appreciate them even more. Dwight Schrute was actually tricked into believing that a Thursday was a Friday because of how, how dynamic this duo is. Every call, every interaction, everything they did on a Thursday, they talked about how great it was that it was Friday. Was that wrong? Yes. That's a ter- you should never do that. Is that. That is twisted. But it's fictional. It's just part of a TV show. But how great is it that they caused him to think that it was Friday so he slept in the next morning thinking it was Saturday and then the next scene in the show you see him... Uh, driving in the parking lot 100 miles an hour, running into the building with his necktie crooked because they actually, that's pretty impressive, right? That's pretty dynamic for a duo. Let's go to the next one. I hope this resonates with some of you. Anybody? Laverne and Shirley. A spinoff from Happy Days. Two characters introduced that faced all kinds of stuff. Living in Wisconsin late in the TV series, they moved to California. I can't imagine any differences between Wisconsin and California, but they, uh, what, what a dynamic friendship representative really truly supporting each other. Okay, this next dynamic duo, this is, this is our last photo. Okay, before you start booing, yes, this is quite possibly the cheesiest superhero film that's ever existed. In 1997, DC made Batman and Robin. Anybody know who the villain was? I, I think I heard it. it were, were you in first service? Was that Jeremy Swindle or was it? Oh, I, give me a break. Yes, it was Mr. Freeze, played by Arnold. Schwarzenegger. He played uh, Mr. Freeze, the worst villain there's ever been. I think people roller skated around in this movie, villains. Like, it just was really, really bad. But Batman and Robin is larger than that, right? We all grasp the concept that Batman and Robin is a dynamic duo. It's really more the story than it is this, this actual film that was really awful that was made uh, to represent Batman and Robin. Guys, what we're discussing today is how it's possible. If you don't believe this, if you feel alone and isolated today, there's, there's a few potential reasons for that. One is that, like I said earlier, you actually believe that people are better off without you, and that's false. It's possible that you believe 
you're better off without other people. That they just slow you down, all, the, all those things that we discussed. And that's false. What I believe is true is that you and, and me, we can both accomplish so much more together than we can alone. It's just, there's, there's so much evidence for that. I want to look at even more so than the duos that we looked at, the most dynamic scriptural duo that, that I could come up with, David and Jonathan's friendship. Let's turn over to 1 Samuel 18. We're going to spend time the first four, four verses there. 1 Samuel 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. I want to pause there for just a second. Now, what's just happened? Buddy taught about David uh, killing Goliath last week, killing the Philistine that no one else stepped up to take on. We don't know everything about, so with David coming as as young boy to play the harp for King Saul and then going back out to pastures, out to fields that smelled like manure and were dirty and had animals. I don't know, we don't know everything that Jonathan, the type of um, respect that he had for David but clearly something grew here where he recognized that not only was David someone who loved God and didn't fear man because of his love for God, but Jonathan realized what we now know, David was a man after God's own heart, that he walked with God, that he was empowered by God. So we see there, he loved him as himself. And then continuing, from that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant and David because with David because he loved him as himself. Because of that love, that deep respect, that honor, they made a covenant. And guys, this is significant. Let's, let's read this. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David. It's sort of been a royal robe. He's a prince, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. The me'il, the Hebrew me'il, is this outer garment that Jonathan takes off, guys. And the respect and honor, let's think about this. A prince and a young shepherd, someone who smelled like the flock, smelled like sheep and like all the things that he cleaned them up from and the messes that they got themselves into. And we had a prince who now relinquishes what he's in line to be, the king. And he recognizes David as walking with God, being filled with God's spirit. And he just clearly thinks, who am I to stand in the way of this? So he invites his friend, his brother, now in a covenant relationship, having the same spirit and their spirits being knit. The translation is they're knit together. Such a closeness that he's going to empower him. And what we know, he's not only going to empower him. In the next chapter, Jonathan actually goes to his father. This was risky. Saul did not appear to be very stable at this point and gets more unhinged. But Jonathan actually advocates for David. Why? Why pursue him? Why try to kill him? He is clearly with God. God is, is with him. And he actually buys him some time. And then things shift again. And Jonathan goes and protects David. Makes a way for him to continue to be safe up until Jonathan's death, which we see David mourn so deeply, so vividly because of that mutual friendship, that partnership of serving God and accomplishing God's good and his will together. What we're really talking about is whether or not we're better together. I believe, contend, and challenge you to just, just have your thoughts overwhelmed with this key central phrase, that we are better together. So in light of that, let's serve together. It only makes sense, right? It stands to reason that, that we're better together 
So we would serve together. We can do together what none of us can do alone. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. We see in Galatians 6 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Guys, it's going to be easier to not give up if we're together. We're going to be better together. We're going to do so much more serving together. Let me show you something that took place yesterday, if we can get that picture up. This is love the city. Uh, The idea is to keep it simple. Just three words. Just love the city. Don't overthink it. Don't overdo it if that's a thing. Just find ways to go out and serve together. Be the hands and feet of Jesus and love the city. We had a a big group that um, prepared. We had so many of you that brought ingredients, and then we had some cooks uh, I won't ask those who led if there were too many cooks in the kitchen. I, I mean, that's a thing. Like, we understand that in the South. But uh, all kidding aside, it, it sounds like it went incredibly well. Made between 80 to 90 meals that can be given to those who are transitioning with end-of-life care and for their family members uh, through our hospice ministry. And that's so special. And then we had a team at Halcyon Elementary working to just beautify the campus, just making sure, let them know how much we love them, uh, pressure washing and, and just trimming uh, shrubs and, and cleaning up all around the campus, uh, straightening up, putting some office furniture together. We had a team at Inner City Church partnering with them for the Boylston neighborhood uh, to go out and clean up some corner lots that really had, had become unmanageable, to pick up trash throughout all the neighborhood. I lost count of just how many bags of just small things that the wind just takes wherever, and just to love that neighborhood and love the city. Uh, we had a team clean up 7th Street is the back street of the neighborhood that wraps around, and the, the growth that was coming up the hillside and from the trees was just basically taking over that street, and they did an incredible job fighting back and, and trimming that back and cleaning it up. It was so special. And then Heart to Heart is a, I, I would say, a boutique. I think it's uh, referred to as a clothes closet, but it's for foster families here in the area. And it's, it's, it's so special and such a privilege to be able to partner with them. And we have folks folding and organizing clothes and then purchasing new items to take to them to, to deliver and um, to be a part of the ministry there. Wherever our folks were at, had about 100 people out serving, being the hands and feet of Jesus. The reason, just like we started our message today, is Jesus. We don't serve so that he will love us. We serve because he does love us. So if you'll take out your faith works form, that that idea of serving together. uh, On your way to the worship center, and this is available online as well, you should have received in your lifelines a faith works form. Now, guys, I'm not going to be able to read through every single item here, and, and that's pretty awesome that there's so many things. God is so good and been at work through his powerful Holy Spirit that there's, there's so many ways to serve. But I do want to point out a couple of things. When you start this form, just there's some basic information to put down. And then you can put down which service you, you plan to be a part of on a, on a regular basis. We'd love for you to participate in Bible study, our 10 a.m. Bible class, if you'll commit to that. And commit to being a part of a small group. And then once those commitments are completed, you can see all these different ways to serve. In Galatians, what I read earlier talked about how don't give up. There's a harvest coming. It also says in the next verse, love everyone, especially those who are in the family, especially those who belong to the faith. Guys, there are ways on this form, and what you'll see in the description sheet that's front and back that tells you about how to serve in. We need volunteers to do everything that we do here every Sunday. We need 60 to 80 volunteers 
for things to, to go smoothly or well so that we can open up God's word and our children can learn and we can learn at all ages so that we can worship in here together and lift up the name of Christ and be sent out stronger having been here. So this faith works form and, and these descriptions, it gives you an idea. Nobody here can do everything on these forms. Do you understand? Is everybody, no one here can do everything, but everybody here can do something. Would you agree with that? Everybody here can do something. So look this form over. We'd love for you to find ways to serve inside this body and outside this body in the community as we love this city and this, this nation and this world. I'm going to invite Gary Henry to come up. The Faith Works Forum is about how you can serve, how you can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Gary is going to help us wrap our heads and hearts around how we can give together. So serving together, I love that. That's a lot of what I get to do all day, every day. The giving together, you'll notice there's another form and there's an envelope. And in just a little bit, what we'll do is you'll come up and put those in baskets, our shepherds, while some music plays, and then we worship. Uh, But before we get there, I just want to ask Gary a couple of questions about this. Gary, as an elder of the church family here, why do you think it's important for us to take the time to complete financial commitment cards for the next year, for the upcoming year? In other words, what does this help us accomplish as a church family? Thank you, Dan. Before I answer that question, I just want to say on behalf of the elders how much we appreciate this church family and the way you've given over the last few years and this year as well with its challenges. Uh, the pandemic uh, was a little bit, uh, we didn't know exactly what, what to expect, uh, but y'all have uh, blown it away. Uh, I look at, at the connection card as a tool that, to accomplish two, two different things. If you'll take it out, uh, you may have a little hard time of seeing it in the, in the dark, uh, but the, the answer, the, the first thing I think it does is actually on the card itself. Uh, if you look at the scripture there, Second uh, Corinthians 9, uh, where Paul is admonishing the Corinthian church on, on how to give, and the phrase there in verse 7 says to decide or, um, that word just escaped me. Purpose. purpose in our heart, what we should give. So I think that is uh, the, one of the things that this card will help us do. There, there's information on there on ways to give. There's a chart that uh, uh, those uh, that are challenged with math can look at and, and kind of figure that thing out. So uh, that's the first thing. The, and then the second thing that it does uh, from someone that, that helps build the budget for the year is uh, it gives us a good indication of the resources that we'll, we'll have to divide up between the ministries uh, so we can carry on the mission that the church has set forth for us to do. Thank you, Gary. Now I'm going to ask Gary to shift gears a little bit and take his elder hat off or maybe slide it to the side or wear it backwards. I, I'm sure y'all can imagine Gary having a backwards hat on or, or a sideways hat. I, I know I can. Uh, <laughs> so, or maybe a flat bill. We need to get Gary a flat bill. All right. So question number two, as a member of this church, why does this matter to you? What has it meant to you to see the Landmark family give the way this family has over the years? Well, Dan, it really warms my heart to see how this church family has practiced the discipline of giving, uh, especially, as I, I said earlier, in the challenges uh, years that we, we've been through. Uh, because of your generosity and God's blessing, we have been able to stay on track with the work of the church. 
seeing our mission and vision being accomplished on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. Uh, and it is really helping the kingdom, reaching out to those that uh, need to hear the good news of, of Jesus Christ. So when we're filling out the forms, I just want to say that uh, I really appreciate your cooperation in doing this. It will be a very big help to us as we, we look at the financial aspects of the church. And I, I would leave you with uh, uh, the fact that we as a church body can work together not only in a financial way but in all other ways to do kingdom business. So may God bless you and this church. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Can we thank Gary for coming up? And I'm going to invite our other shepherds, some shepherds here for service to come up. And we're going to have some baskets. And um, so what they're going to do is they're going to be up here at the front. So we're going to let you listen to some music for a little bit before we really engage in worship. Look at these forms. Look at ways that you can serve inside and outside of this family. Look at ways that you can pledge to give for, for planning purposes. And, and I'll just issue this challenge. You know, when we give more, whether that's of your time or, or of the, the way that God's blessed you financially, when we give more, we do more. I, I can just rest assured that more happens in the name of Jesus for the kingdom of God when we give more, we give more of our time and our resources. It's not that it gets prayed over and we just play it safe. This is a bold leadership and a bold family, and I'm thankful for that. So we're going to listen to some music, look at these forms, pray over them, meditate over them, and then you can bring those up when you're ready. We'll receive those for several minutes, and then one of our shepherds, uh, Zane Kirkland, will pray over these forms.